Card Games TV One podcast. So much on my mind. Ironically, running out of running out of ideas per se, um, or anything new, any new innovation per se. I am working on some stuff, of course. But running out of anything new that might be of use and relevancy. Because it's like... I'm just getting to the point where it's like... I, I'm i thinking of writing a book. Because I want to be able to put all the information all in one, into one place. And, and be able to lay it out. and, and Just like I did with, with Yu-Gi-Oh! And I wrote three books. But instead of writing three three books, um, just gonna be doing one, just one Dragon Ball Super book. So that'd be pretty cool. Put that together, be able to put all my thoughts, all my ideas, all into one, nicely laid out, organized, hopefully easy to follow um, format, so people can, you know, read it, learn, and you know, apply. The knowledge, right? The knowledge. Because one of the things that's hard to translate, especially in like the deck profile, and sometimes even through gameplay, it's a little difficult to, uh, um, you know, translate or transfer uh, knowledge and experience. That's usually why we have stuff like books, right? We have tutorials, um, things of that nature. Um, so, always trying to come up with, try to find ways where I can share thoughts and ideas. And of course, um, you know, with, with anything, you know, things take time, especially when it comes to mastering something, you know, understanding, studying something, it takes time, right? You know, doing the time and efforts and research and stuff, you know, you have hypotheses, you have ideas, and you're trying to, you know, theories, right? And try to figure out and try to prove them through, you know, experimentation, right? Through uh, trying out your ideas and seeing what um, seeing what works, seeing the effectiveness of the ideas. And I've tried some, you know, many different things, of course. And you know, some stuff worked out pretty easy. Some stuff required a little bit of effort. Um, so at least you understand the difficulty of something. Because sometimes some things, something is easier in your mind than it is in real life, right? Like they always say, it's easier said than done. So, you know, for some people, you know, it's easy for me to say the first four damage, the easiest, next two requires a little effort, the last two is the hardest. But for some people, it's hard for them to, you know, do those things, right? To do the first four damage, and then the next two, and then the last two, right? So then, of course, you want to find ways to do it faster. Right? You want to find ways to... That's why it's important, that, you know, for everybody to try different things, and, and you know, whatever works, works. You know, if, if, it, if waiting to turn four to start swinging at your opponent's uh, leader works best for you, then, then do it. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to try to do the first four damage in the first two two turns or even the first, you know, four turns of the game. Take your time. Wait. Wait until turn four 
and then start, you know, trying to swing. Just gotta make sure you have a strategy that works pretty well. We understand that in order to do eight damage, you need at least a minimum of four double strike attacks, right? Or at least four attacks that have dual attacks, so that way they potentially do two damage per each attack. You know, right? So we're going to have to try to figure out a way to, um, you know, get as many attacks out as possible so you can do a lot of damage. There's the going wide strategy, right? Or just playing stuff. Like if you play, like, um, well, that's just more basic way, but like if you can get three triple attackers out, right? That's nine damage right there. Um, if you can get eight attacks, right? Eight attackers, which we, well, since you already have the leader, you only need seven attackers. So if you don't put out seven attackers, with your leader, you know, you could potentially do eight damage. But the reason we say potentially is because of the fact that your opponent can always uh, play a blocker negate, right? That could potentially stop two attacks right there. Um, drastically preventing you from, you know, being able to do uh, t two damage, right? So they could reduce the two damage down to one essentially. Um, uh, they can always out combo attacks, and the list goes on and on and on, right? So, ideally, is that you're trying to find sweet spots, right? To try to find attacks that are harder to stop, right? That's why I like dual attacks is useful because of the fact that if they do negate the first attack, at least you have a second one. So having stuff that so so this is an ideal type of card. You want something that has dual attack or more, like triple attack, right? Um, a double strike or more, like triple strike or quadruple, right? And at least a minimum of 30K power. If you can get something stronger, like 40K plus, you know, that'd be nice. So there's very few cards that are 30k double strike with dual attack. Right? There's very few stuff like that. There's a bigger number of couple of 20k's with double strike and dual attack, if I'm right. And the list gets smaller and smaller. But this is you know part of the research, right? This is part of being a player. It's trying to find uh, multiple attacks. So that's why I try to make little folders where I store images of cards that meet these criterias, right? Uh, I have a folder right now with triple attackers. Cards that have the word triple attack. Not strike, attack. So, I'm obviously looking out for stuff like that, stuff that can attack more, more than twice. So three attacks per card. Um, there's even some unisons that have the ability to gain triple attack. Now, of course, there'll be a, another folder where it's triple strike, right? Cards that have triple strike. Ideally, things that have triple strike with dual attack or more than that. There's actually a card that has, that gets triple strike and triple attack. So it, it can attack three times 
and do three damage. So it, it can do nine damage all by itself. That is pretty badass. Right? So there is a card that can that can one shot or, or one to kill your opponent, I should say. Um, so the only thing you would need to do is find a way to guarantee that it can do what it does, right? There's a couple of cards that I'm looking into, right? Um, you know, counter counter, always looking for those. Um, there's a red, yellow counter counter, which has potential, right? Because it's a two energy commitment. So it's cheaper than, well, definitely way cheaper than Golden Avenger, which I do have a play set of now. And I'm using it in my Zamasu deck as part of my, you know, as part of a strategy, obviously. Um, but, um, I also have uh, Swift Retaliation Cooler. Um, so this card is cheaper than that. So I also have that card. And I still have my old Bad Ring Laser. So those are the counter counters that I have. I mean, I do have another counter counter, but it doesn't really do anything. And that's the three drop Vegeta dual attack. You know, this counter counter. But he is 20k dual attack, so in blue. So he has some use. But the counter kind of doesn't actually counter anything. <laughs> but um, you get the idea. So, um, yeah, counter counters. That, that's a thing that I'm definitely looking into because of the fact that it can stop um, on the gate. And usually that's what prevents you from winning, especially uh, blocker negates, floodgate negates, topos, oceanus, things like that. Those can really, really. Uh, get in the way and prevent you from winning the game and of course you don't want that so gotta look into that right but like I was saying it's like try to find ways to make things easier simpler um, you know the goal is to obviously eat deal 8 damage so you can win and uh, that's why I talk about how important win cons are right having a, a, a strategy to win out the game because at the most basic level of the game you know I keep saying the first four damage is the easiest mainly because your opponent lets you deal that damage so the next two requires a little bit of effort you know it's you might you might have three to four attacks you swing at your opponent and only two of them gets through so right so that's the effort part and then the last two is the hardest because if you could easily do the last two damage right then they wouldn't, it wouldn't be the hardest and, you know, this game wouldn't be um, as interesting if, if the last two was the easiest, right? You know, you always want, you know, the game eat, to be easy for you, but hard to your, for your opponent. You know, you want the thing, the game to be, you know, as easy as possible for you, but hard for your opponent, but you don't want it to be uh, too easy, right? Because then... You don't want to be too, you don't want to be, what I'm saying is you don't want it to be easy as in like mechanic wise, you know, game, game design wise, you don't want the game to be easy. You want it to be easy because you made it easy, right? Because you, you picked certain cards, you built your deck in such a way and you, you know, have experience from play, play testing a lot, right? That the game is easier for you because of, you know, your, your time and effort put into the game. It's what makes it easier for you, right? Like, you know, it's easy for Michael Jordan to dunk into you know, play basketball, right? Because he put a lot of time and effort in practice. So he makes it look effortless or he makes it look easy. 
That's that's what I mean by, you know, you want the game to be easy for you, but hard for your opponent. So, you want the game to be hard and difficult, so that way it's a challenge, right? That way it's worth playing, because if the game was super easy, like, like flipping a coin or something, then, like a coin toss or a dice roll, then it's actually pointless to play the game if it was that 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 easy now i always talk about how you know simple the game is and you know how easy it is to play and understand the game but i'm not saying this like so super easy that you know you could always you could always win right you could always be undefeated right no there's certain factors you need to take to account certain things that can go uh they can go the opposite direction right you could have had guaranteed victory Right, where it's like, yes, all I have to do is do this and I win, and then bang, something happens that changes the the outcome, right? That prevents you from winning. It's like, damn, everything was going perfect. I just needed this one attack to go through, and then something happened, right? Something that wasn't taken into account, something a little unexpected, right? So it can happen. Um, anything is possible. But the idea is obviously to reduce randomness, right? To reduce these situations where your opponent, um, you know, doesn't lose. You want to reduce those situations. You want to increase the ch- the situations where your opponent loses. So you want to make it harder. That's where stuff like the concept of the death and taxes comes into play. Um, you know, board wipe your opponent constantly. Or at least, you know, a couple turns, you know, at least on turn three, turn five. So every odd number, right? So obviously (laughs) you don't need to board wipe turn one, but, you know, being able to board wipe turn three and turn five um, tends to be pretty good. Um, Because, of course, your opponent should have established something by then. So clearing the board, uh, you know, helps you. Uh, stay in the game a little bit longer. At least, at least increases your chances of getting one more turn afterwards, right? So, so there's that. And then of course, playing stuff that makes it where if your opponent would try to play uh, certain cards that you know typically would would typically prevent you from playing the game, right? You know, like I said, trunks, right? That will stop you from playing your big good card, your game, you know, your win con, your game finisher. Obviously, this is why you always want to pick. Um, win cons or anything that you're going to spend a lot of energy to play ideally you want it to have um deflect and barrier that way you can avoid um you know those free play counterplays and then you know use it to go for game One way to avoid those types of cards is unisons. So looking at unisons, and I've definitely been doing that a lot lately, looking at unisons um, and use, uh, looking to, to find some for the purpose of using them as win cons. So instead of trying to look for win cons among battle cards, because ironically, there's very few battle cards that meet some of these criteria, right? The, the whole you know, having 30k or even 40k um, power with dual attack, with triple strike, for example, right? Or even triple attack. Let's say triple strike, triple attack, 40k or 30k. So that way it's the whole 333 thing, right? 
So that'd be a concept. 333. 30k, triple strike, triple attack. So that'd be at least the bare minimum of an ideal um, type of card that you want to be able to play. And of course, you want it to be pretty much immune to you know your opponent's free plays. Um, among other things. So you're, you're trying to drastically, drastically reduce your opponent's ability to interact. So basically, uninteractable uh, win cons. So that's why I'm looking into unisons, because there's very few cards, um, very few, or very few two zero cards that can um, deal with unison. So obviously, that is the route to go. So that's something I'm looking into. There's some unisons that do have decent effects you know they can get relatively strong they can at least be base power 30k with double strike um at least so that's that's something to look into as potential um especially if you can do it with less energy if you could if you could get a 30k double strike for three energy because you're using a unison right then that's awesome <laughs> right um, that kind of stuff. I have a peel-off deck where I use the Jerry Unison where, you know, he's already 20k. He gives himself double strike, right, by giving himself a marker. So he'll be 20k double strike. And then use the leader's ability to get, to make it where uh, the Unison can attack three times, right? So I get triple attack. So I get three chances of the double strike going through against my opponent having only two life, right? Because the idea is to at least get them down to two, so you can, you know, so that way double strike would be lethal. So then you just gotta try to get as many double strikes out as possible. So being able to give something triple, uh, triple attack, or at least playing something that has the ability to attack more than once, is something you want to do. And if you can play for less energy, the better. Because imagine playing something like let's say a unison that can get strong, like let's say 30k double strike for three energy. Right, and you can swing with it. Then pay, play three more energy and do it again. And you can do that on turn four, for example, because you'll pay three, right, to play the unison, do what the unison does, try to get that damage through. Then you still have one energy in active mode. Use your leader that has the ability to untap two energies, right? Awaken. Bang, now you have three energy. So now you can play another unison that costs three. They can also, you know, attack a lot and do a lot of damage. So look into something like that. Now right now, I'm popping into my head, there's a, there's the Gohan, the Persian 2 Gohan Yellow Unison that comes from the Drip Coup deck. That has a potential. I just gotta see uh, how many markers does it need for it to do its thing. But if I'm right, it does triple attack. So that's something, right? So something to look into. But you get the idea. It's, you know, it's a good idea to look at a lot of the unisons and see which ones have, like, ultimate abilities, basically. Because I know that some unisons are very popular because of their low cost, and they usually have certain effects that you, your people will, take, will, you know, use and apply um, just for the most basic level. Just use it and apply, like, they'll play a two-drop unison where they draw a card. And that's mainly what they focus on. You know, even I do that, right? Even I use a couple unisons just for some effects, not all their effects. But it doesn't hurt to look at some unisons for their ultimates, right? For their 
for their uh, for their other effects and see if there's any viability there. So that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Um, leaders as well, looking for leaders that um, also uh, have triple attack or at least can give triple attack or at least can give double uh, dual attack, um, even double strike, um, not uh, on power boost. You know, because I was talking about the whole 30k or 40k power base. So having leaders that can power boost all your leaders. You know, I'm looking into stuff like that. There's a Kefla. She's a promo. A red Kefla leader. Where on her front side, you take a life and give 5k to all your non-black battle cards. And then on her awakened side, she does the same thing. Take a life and give 5k power to all your non-black battle cards. So if you do her front side first take a life and then when she has four or less life you can awaken um, um from right she, she draws two cards where you awaken if i'm right yeah draw two cards so now you got three cards right and now you know you gave 5k to all your um battle cards and if I'm right she she gives it to herself yeah she gives 5k to herself if I'm right and then on her awaken side you do her effect again taken out of life so that now you should have four extra cards in your hand that turn and an extra 5k to herself and your non black battle cards so that's 10k to her and your um you know your board so you just gotta get multiple attackers out there right so i'm going i'm going with the whole skill strategy because it's the easiest way to get a whole bunch of the you know battle cards out there that aren't in black and get them power boosters but if you can find some other cards that you can put out there uh, something to keep in mind ooh, ooh, i just realized that definitely i give that a try definitely i give that a try um because remember notice that her effect says non-black battle cards tokens don't have color right tokens don't have color so um so you can power up tokens with her effect so if you play something that can they can generate a whole bunch of tokens mm, i already got something that definitely can produce a whole bunch of tokens it's a frieza unison which by the way i i just got a play set of the frieza unison so that's definitely something i could experiment with um but yeah um yeah I, I, i'll create a some green token deck with her um, there's potential there because there, there's a masu three drop that i could play is it a masu or is it goku black i can't remember i think it's a goku black yeah goku black can make shadow tokens um oh and there's some other drones there's a a chill green chill okay so this green cards that i can use to make a whole bunch of tokens and then combine it with her and then do the whole power boosting thing. Also, I I did pull one of the what is it called from the tournament pack from the tournament I went this weekend. Um, Rosie, the three drop Rosie that can rip they can rip two cards out of your opponent's hand and attack three times the turn in which it's played. I did pull one of her, so that was cool. Definitely need to get three more so that I can have a playset so I can experiment because remember she could she could attack three times. All you need to do is just like give her double strike one time and there and there's a what's his name set one 
if I'm right. Set, yeah, set one um, Champa leader, red Champa leader. They can, they can give her a double strike. So that's the thing. Anything they can attack more than once with that leader is amazing because, you know, pitching a card to get double strike and then just start attacking multiple times with double strike. Too good. The ability, if you could swarm the field or at least get a couple of 30K battle cards out for cheap, then use him to give them double strike so that way they can potentially do four damage uh, per each, you know, card, you know, has potential. So these are the kind of things I'm looking for. Combining certain leader effects with certain battle card effects. And then, you know, creating a, a scenario, an outcome that most decks don't have. So definitely trying to experiment with that. Uh, but yeah, just thinking about like, ooh, that'd be fun. Um, that'd be a cool strategy. Because one of the things I have with her right now is, with the Khalifa, is the, you know, the skillless um, aggro strategy where I use Fearless Pan with her because Fearless Pan would give 5k and double strike to all, you know, to leader and all my red, all my red battle cards. And then the leader would give an extra 10k, so I'm giving an extra 15k to the leader and all my battle cards. Plus, uh, Pan's giving them double strike, so that way my leader, plus all my other red battle cards, will have a double strike. So I would have, in some situation, I could potentially have uh, three um, cards, at least the leader plus two battle cards. Um, not to mention, if I have a unison, then if the unison is Jiren, then that's another double strike uh, 20, 20k battle card, right? I mean, not battle card, a unison, right? So, I have potentially four in this type of scenario, um, double strikers with at least a base power 20k. Obviously, it'll be stronger than that, but at least a base power 20k. <sighs> that can swing at my opponent. But that, uh, that, but that power is not that, you know, that base power of base power at least 20k is not enough. Even 30k is becoming not enough. Because uh, one of the things you gotta take into account that I've been noticing is a lot of decks, especially popular decks that some people are out there playing, um, draw more. So that's something I have to take into account. Uh, when 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 most people's maximum hand size was like between eight or or ten, yeah, 20k's. Even 30k battle cards, you know, oh, were more than enough to threaten your opponent, you know, to put your opponent in a position where it's hard for them to out-combo your, all your attacks. But now, with some players, you know, right, some decks, I should say, you know, drawing 20 to 30 cards, so they have huge hand sizes, it gets harder. And you know how it is. It gets harder, so it's like, okay, we got to find some some alternative gotta have some strategy gotta have some other way to help you win that doesn't have to do with attacking and doesn't have to do with power and stuff like that because that's the thing when your opponent has a huge hand size attacking for games gets harder a lot harder unless you have ways to rip their whole entire hand away which I do have strategies for that obviously um 
but there's no guarantees we will always have access to those strategies. And you may might be playing a deck that doesn't use those strategies, so by default you're already at a disadvantage. You already don't have the ability to rip your opponent's hand size down to a manageable hand size that you can play against or outplay. You know, it's, it's hard to outplay a 30-card hand. And and before I recorded this podcast, I was even thinking about it. Like, how can I outplay a 30-card hand? And mathematically, it is very, very difficult. Very difficult. Obviously, the most... Uh, most reliable ways of winning the game that that bypasses blockers um, negates and combo power which are the three different three main ways that your opponent defends themselves you know from losing right is burning mill burning mill um Technically, the third would be hand, you know, hand control, right? Well, I should say hand destruction, which is literally just getting rid of the whole entire hand. Control is just, you know, control, which means they still have a hand. You're just controlling it. But you ideally, you rather just get rid of the hand entirely. So that's where the destruction comes in. Um, so... This is the kind of stuff that you know we're trying to trying to figure out, right? We're trying to look into. It's like, okay, how can we incorporate more more burn, right? How how can we incorporate? Uh, well, there's another one. There's the auto win con. Forgot that. <laughs> Can't forget that. There's just a couple auto win cons in this game. You know, uh, Beerus tap sixteen, bang win, right? So there's some auto win cons in the game. So can't forget that so there's three technically four right um, four is you know ripping their hands but auto win con burn your point you know down to zero and um milling them out <coughs> um, so there's that there are some you know win cons right there's some cards that we could use to you know, help us win the game, like uh, uh, like victory strike. That's another, you know, but that's an auto win con, right? That's an auto <clears throat> win. Another thing that could be an auto win, of course, or just could just you know win you the game is um, ultra insect sign Goku. Obviously, you just need to make sure that that hits its target. So you just gotta make sure your opponent can't. Uh, block or negate your attack which should be too which should be easy if you have the right cards to pull it off right and then bang you'll win just by attacking with that because your opponent can't combo so a 30 card hand size is irrelevant against that but that's not a generic strategy so you can't just use it in, in every deck so mirror create absorb it's works similar to ultra instinct goku because its attack power will be so high that they might, even with a 30 card hand size, they might not be able to out combo the attack. But with a 30 card hand size, they have a better chance of out comboing the attack. 
So I, right now in my mind, I'm just playing with the idea that everybody I play against will have a 30 card hand size. Because normally I'm like, ideally, I want my opponents to have like six cards or less in the hands when I'm trying to go for game. You know, more, more of an ideal situation, more reasonable as opposed to them having zero cards. Ideally, you want them to have zero cards, but I'm just being a little bit more logical, uh, a little bit more realistic. And realistically, they might have six to eight cards. So I try to work with that. But if they have more than that, 10 plus cards, then it gets more difficult. And that's the thing. The more cards they have, the, 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 the greater the difficulty level of dealing the last two damage increases. The idea is to decrease the difficulty so that way you increase your chances of winning, right? So I was trying to find different different ways of doing it. Uh, different strategies. Um, but like I said, burn mill are, are, and the no hand thing that's on the menu. Another thing is the open hand strategy where I get to look at my opponent's hand, rip some cards out of their hands. Uh, but the hand now is just being able to see the hands is enough to help you see uh, when is the best time to go for game or not um, if that matters you could uh, you could try to go for game at the wrong time and you don't want that you don't want to be a scenario where it's like you know what I should try to go for game and then when you try to go for game it's like ah baby hatchack or something similar to that or maybe a topo or oceanus or something something's there that gets in your way or maybe a super combo, right? That could make a huge difference. Especially if it's like as a monster super combo. It can make a huge difference between you going, winning that turn or not. But if you look at their hand and rip the super combo out, right? Then that, then you have a higher chance of your attacks going through. Um, I mentioned this before that by being able to see what's in your opponent's hand, you know how much you need to combo, how much you don't need to combo. Because sometimes you might uh, combo unnecessarily. Like you'll swing with 20k to your opponent's leader, which is more than enough, right? Your opponent will need 10, uh, 10k to out-combo that attack. But you want to be safe so that you combo 5k, right? an extra 5k, right? So that way it forces them to have to use um, 5k more, right? So that way they can be 30k to out-combo your attack. So... You know, you're hoping that they don't have the extra 5k. Um, so that way the attack goes through. Or if they do have the extra 5k, hopefully you have an extra attack you can swing. And that extra attack can get through um, because your opponent has a smaller hand size. So that's the kind of stuff you, you typically try to look for. But if you know what's in their hand, you know if they can or can't do that. And what they will and will not do so then you'll try to outplay them or you'll be do the patient thing you'll swing now see what happens end your turn defend yourself then next turn try again swing see see what you can do and just slowly chip at your opponent's life and that's the strategy um trying to chip at your opponent's life if you if you can stall long enough and what i mean by that is defend long enough guaranteed that you can always get to the next turn and swing 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 get to the next turn swing 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 and try to see you know 
if that if eventually your opponent runs out of gas as they say and you end up winning but that, that takes too much time um, you never want your opponent to get extra turns because extra turns means extra opportunities for them to um, play a win con right you know come up with a, with a win especially if they have a huge hand size all it would take is for them to just get something out there that's already strong swing hopefully you can't stop the attack is what they're hoping for and then they'll be like all right time to dump my whole hand into the attack and then they got it. so you definitely want to keep your defenses up make sure your defense is strong um but at the same time you need to find a way to win sooner than later because if their hand size keeps growing then they'll just win more because of because of that because of the wall of combo right the combo wall and that combo wall definitely is getting in the way because it's not too difficult to bypass negates or even blockers because that's why i always keep talking about dual attacks or anything that can attack more than once um obviously playing anything that can negate a negate right counter counter i found some stuff there was even there's even a seven drop bark um that has the effect where you take a life in order to negate a counter attack it's like oh shit has a built-in counter counter that's i would like to see more battle cards with that type of ability um the closest we have to that which is you know one of the ideas i kept putting out there is is playing something you know things that have dual attack because if they stop your first attack all right at least you got a second one right you definitely want to make sure that your finishers can attack more than once because you you want you want you want that second chance because all your opponent needs to do is stop that one attack right boom and now you can't finish them but if you can attack twice then you have a higher chance of your attack going through but they created blocker negates so the dual attack things become a little bit more uh, harder right dual attack was originally to stop single negate negates right negates that can only stop one attack at a time but then they created blocker negates so blocker negates can stop two attacks so that becomes a problem um so then that's where triple attack comes in right we're trying to we're trying to go beyond that um especially that that's that's uh, blocker negates especially at the tournament that I was at right that popped up a lot blocker negates just back to back just popping up and you know if it wasn't for the blocker negates my opponents actually would have just flat out lost right there and then um, because they had very little cards in their hands and my attacks were very strong and most of them were like double strikes so you know 30k double strike you know swinging at my point is pretty strong <laughs> so a blocker negate stop and they're like uh god damn it um so there so that's the thing You know, even you know, a dormant potential unleashed being played for free, you know, gets in the way. It's like, damn it, that's slowing me down. I have all these extra attacks now that would have won me the game right then and then, but they got in the way. But you know, this stuff exists for a reason. I mean, I use these cards myself, so I know how good they are.
at the, you know, defending, right? Keeping yourself alive long enough. But we're always trying to find ways to, you know, to bypass. So these are the obstacles, and then, the, you know, it's about figuring out how to bypass the obstacles. So how can I deal, you know, the last two damage, or how can I mill my opponent out? You know, things like this is the stuff that we look into, the stuff we're trying to figure out. Obviously, that's part of my job, right? <laughs> to figure this stuff out, then put this information out there, and then you guys and gals benefit from my, you know, efforts. So, so far, the no hand thing um, with chain attack, Zeno uh, combo, Android 17 turn and tie, uh, you know, strategy. Um, going to try to bring back the Ultra Instinct Sign Goku, you know, strategy. Because, um, like I said, the whole 30 card hand size thing. Um, of course, Burn uh, try to do the whole mill thing. So, still got some stuff, you know, to work on. Still got some things to iron out. Um, but, yeah. It's, you know, these are just, these are not new concepts. It's just a matter of trying to figure out new ways to implement them, new ways to use these old concepts, right? You know, like trying to come up with new ways to mill. For example, that reminds me that uh, there was somebody who, who played Boma in a way that worked like mill. Um, and it was Danny. He, he won the regionals. And he was playing his Boma deck in a way where, one, he had the hand advantage thing, right, obviously, um, because of Boma, he, you know, he was able to stall long enough with, you know, blockers and reusable blockers and having that type of engine thing. So he had a whole strategy that just, you know, kept him at high, uh, you know, kept him in the game long enough. And, of course, drawing two cards every turn doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, well, actually, three cards a turn because he has this unison. Then his unison can help him clear the board. So, and then he's applying pressure every turn. So he was playing that strategy. So, either he wins through dealing eight damage, or he wins through his opponent decking out. And like I said, the shield of combo. That's why I call it now the shield of combo. I keep thinking of the idea of Shield of Aegis, but I'll, I'll say combo, but so it would be confusing. But essentially, that's what it feels like the Shield of Aegis. You know, the bigger your hand size is, the better your defense is, uh, typically. Um, but the, yeah, the Shield of Combo or the Wall of Combos. The Wall of Combo. Anyway, like the, like the Walls of Jericho. Uh, the Walls of Combo. We're trying to bypass, especially when it comes to attacking, because attacking is one of the most common things you can do in the game. Um, but, you know, like I said, there's blocker, negates, combo, and then there's just even the fact of just taking the damage. Sometimes it's just like, just take the hit, right? Just take the hit, and then just worry about, you know, what where the next attack's coming from, and then deal with that. Part of why most of us, you know, who play Hatchiak, us Hatchiak players, you know, play Hatchiak, right? Because it drastically reduces um, 
how many attacks our opponents can do per turn, so that way it reduces how much we have to defend. So it just makes our ability to defend easier. Um, not impossible, but of course we ideally would like an impossible, an impenetrable defense. Or, or uh, that's where stuff like daily defenders come into play, and being able to uh, perfect that idea, right? Being able to perfect the there's there's other things that we definitely could do in the game that it's just we don't yet have the cards to properly do it or to get the most out of it but there's potential for it i'm going to be experimenting with a strategy to um greatly increase the defensive capabilities of hatchiac just make it extra defensive um and then of course you know lean towards the mill so that's probably what it is it's just Increase the defensive capability of Hatchiak and then incorporate mill into it and then had that as part of the mill strategy. Making sure the defense is strong so that way it makes it easier to mill. I am working on a Janemba build, so there's a lot that I'm working on. Just trying to take these ideas and just make them, you know, easier to use, more viable, you know, find some synergy with some stuff. So that way these strategies can be, you know, can be used, right? You know, got to make them work, especially when we got a whole bunch of new toys. We got a new set, you know, set 17 dropped, right? And we got a whole bunch of new, new, new stuff that we can use. So it's definitely looking to see what I can do with the new stuff. Uh, a lot of the leaders I haven't I haven't really read and got into because I've just been mainly focusing on you know concepts and strategies for playing you know for the game. So I haven't really looked into a lot of the newer newer cards. I'm trying to see some potential in some of the the cards what they can do um, let's see what else uh, so much on my mind I think I just ended here with that